Welcome to New Year, New You. My name is Ed Martin. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here, and I'm really thankful you're with us today. Because I want to talk to you uh, about a problem that is really widely spread in our culture, it most likely is among many of us, most of us probably. And the problem with this problem is it's a problem that many of us are affected with, but we don't know that we're infected with. It's a problem that we know how to see, we can see the impact. We have seen the impact that it has on decisions, not only with people in big positions somewhere else. You've seen it in your family. You see how it affects relationships. You see how it affects the way the words that people choose to, to, to use. And you can see it so clearly in others. You just can't see it in you. And the reason I know it hides so well is because I've been doing what I do for a long time, and I've had people confess all kinds of things to me. I've had people confess adultery to me. I've had a, a person come in and confess that they lied about everything, which made me wonder if what that was true or not. Uh, I've had a person come in and sit down and confess incest. I've had somebody uh, sit down and tell me they had recently committed armed robbery and show me the weapon that they used. But I have never, ever had anybody sit down and confess this problem that all of us can see all around us in other people. This thing hides so incredibly well, we see it everywhere around us, but we can't see it in ourselves. And yet we know it destroys everything that it touches. You know what I'm talking about? It's greed. And one of the reasons I think it hides so well, that greed hides so well in our culture, is because greed can almost be seen like an American virtue. In fact, it's one of those things that when you listen to people talk, we can sort of hide our greed behind, not always, but behind things that we say. We'll just say things like, well, you know, I, I'm just really thrifty, or I, I'm a saver. I'm a person who's really careful. I, I want to make sure that I just have enough. I don't ever want to be a burden on my kids. I don't want to be a burden on anybody else. I don't want anybody having to take care of my stuff. I'm just very, very, very careful. And greed, it has this insidious way of getting inside of us, and so we look at it, we know what it looks like, but we never look at ourselves, you know, my, say, and say, my problem is, my problem is just, I'm, I'm so greedy. But when greed gets into your heart, it can affect every decision, it affects the words that you use, it affects your relationships in dramatic kinds of ways. So we've been learning from this teaching of Jesus, the most famous teaching, uh, we call it the Sermon on the Mount. And this particular section we've been looking at, it, Jesus has been telling us how the kingdom of God has the power to change us from the inside out. And today, he's going to talk to us about this area of greed. And this is such a sensitive topic, I'm going to teach you exactly what Jesus had to say, but it's so sensitive, I'm going to try to tread real lightly, and I just pray that we can see what is often very difficult for us to see in ourselves. Now, before I start into it, I just want to say, if you're, you're new around here, or you haven't been a church person, or you used to be a church person, and one of the thoughts you've had that sort of kept you away from church is, I, I, don't, I don't like the church because church is always just about money. And I don't like to go places that are just all about money. Well, first of all, that's not true about us. And it's really not true about you. I mean, the truth is, we all go to places that are all about money all the time. Some of you are going to go to Kroger or Publix today, and believe me, they are all about your money. They're doing everything they can to organize things in such a way that you will spend more of your money there. They, they want it. Every time you're at Chick-fil-A and you hear somebody say, my pleasure, it should be, it's my pleasure to take your money because they're trying their best to get your money. And I want to say it might be my pleasure to take your money, Mr. Filet. 
Uh, those places are all about your money, and, and you don't mind that. That's not true about you, and it's not really true about us, because we're trying to talk to you about something that you know the impact that it has, and in truth, you know this really, this greed issue, it's not a money issue. It's a heart issue. It's not a financial issue. Greed at its root, this is something that gets so in us that hides so well behind other kind of things, and yet it can destroy everything in your life. This is not a money issue. This is a financial issue, and I don't want anything from you. I want something for you, so we need to listen to these words together. Now, Jesus' method of teaching, if you haven't recognized this yet through his most famous teaching, is Jesus likes to take assumptions that people widely hold, and then he likes to lift those up, show them to us, and then show us how they're wrong. He likes to take an assumption that's commonly held, and then he likes to show us where that assumption we hold about our world is wrong. The assumption he's going to go at here is, is that the good life equals more money, more stuff. More money, more stuff, more problems. Now, while that might make a really cool kind of tune, it, it's, we don't even really believe the last part. We, we don't believe more money, more stuff, more problems. We really believe that good life equals more money, more stuff. Now, while you might never say those words out loud, if somebody who came from outside our culture and they stepped into our culture and they watched us for a while and how we do things, they might very well assume that that's exactly what our highest cultural value is. And I'll tell you how you can see it when you look at it. It's because when you have something in our culture and it's still okay, it still works. Like, you know, you have a phone. Most of you have your phone. I hope you have your phone out. Ashleyparkchurch.com and you're, you're sort of following along. We want that in our, our church. That when you have your phone and you've had it for a couple of years and it still works okay, but somebody has a new better, you begin to hate the thing, and you wish somehow you could drop it and break it so you could get new and better. In fact, you'll arrange your life, and you will pay more for something new and better to replace something that already works. And so somebody who is standing on the outside would say, okay, now why are you arranging your life around getting something new and better when you already have the same thing that will do the same thing that already works? What is that? But... When somebody comes to you and says, hey, I have a real need, like I need help with something, and it costs less than this new better that you got, when you look at the real need, you feel compassion, but you say, well, I don't have that amount of money in my hand, so I can't help you. I'm so sorry. But when it came to getting this thing that you wanted in your hand, you didn't think about, I don't have the money for that. You began to leverage how you could pay for it over time to get that done. But when it came to this, to giving, to help somebody, you didn't think, how can I creatively help them? You just said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. What is it that allows us to arrange ourselves when it comes to us to do whatever we need to do to get something for us, but when it comes to helping somebody else with a real need that we can see and we even feel we want to, we just out of hand says, I don't have it, I can't give. What is that? What's that called? God would say, I know. That's greed. You're thinking, okay, uh, Man, I'm glad I came today. I mean, Ed, you just basically condemned everybody and you, our whole system of economy because our economy is based on, hey, we get more money, we go out and spend, and, and people have jobs, and that's the way our economy works, and you're just condemning everybody, including yourself. And you're right. All I'm saying is the assumption Jesus is going at is so deeply held in us that a good life equals more money, 
more stuff. And if you're really aware of it, it gets lodged in you at some point, and it almost feels wrong for it to be attacked. And eventually, it begins to affect your thoughts and your decisions and your relationships. And if you're not careful, one day somebody who's really close to you, who really cares about you, will feel like you are more concerned about your stuff and your money that you love it more than you love them. And it's not a financial issue. It's a heart issue. And it isn't it amazing that we have this different attitude over the same amount of money toward, I want to buy something for me, I'll do whatever I need to do to get the amount of money I need to buy something for me and mine, but when it comes to giving the same amount of money, we go, oh, I don't have that, that's a no, even though I feel like it, oh, I don't have that, I can't. This, I will figure out how to get it for me and mine. What is that? It's, it's greed. It's greed. Why can I spend $300 and I can't give, I can't give $300, but I'm okay having $3,000 on a credit card bill? That's greed. And here's why it's so deceptive. We tell ourselves, yeah, but when I hear something of somebody really in need and they have such huge financial bills and they've been in the hospital and it's not any there and they're close to me and I love them and I want to help, I feel so compassionate. So my heart is right. There's nothing wrong with my heart. You're wrong. This isn't about my heart. My heart isn't greedy. My heart is compassionate. I can't give anything. I can't help them. Now I will figure out how to get this. I can't give to help them, but there's nothing wrong with my heart. I feel compassion. See, we look at our feelings... Jesus would just say, you can't, measure your, you can't measure your compassion by what you feel when you're only making decisions to serve you and yours. What is that? It's greed. It's not a money issue. It's a heart issue. And I want us to try to deal with that today and to try to scrape it out of our hearts and to listen to what Jesus has to say. And now that I have all of us feeling bad, I, I want to read to you what Jesus has to say. And the great news is that in this passage, Jesus not only highlights the problem, he gives us a very practical way to allow God to change what's going on in our heart that we often can't see. So what I'm going to read to you is recorded by this eyewitness of this event. His name is Matthew, and it's written in his book called Matthew. And we've been reading it for some time now. Here's what he recorded that Jesus said. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Now, just to be clear, he doesn't mean you shouldn't have a savings account. He's not meaning that you should just live with no thought to the future. He's not meaning to sell everything you have and go out and live on the street. He's not saying about those kind of things. He's addressing this thing that's been alive in human beings forever of swapping for more and better. It's, it's swapping and increasing your lifestyle. It's about arranging your life over building your kingdom. He says, if you got, find yourself stuck in that over and over and over, building your little treasure chest here, he says, instead, I want you to store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Now, store up treasure in heaven is just a Jesus phrase for give your stuff away. Jesus is just saying in here, 
Here, I want you to store up treasure in heaven, and people often get really you know, ethereal about that, but Jesus was not being that kind of way. Jesus is being crystal clear. He means he wants you to give stuff away. And just so you know that I'm not making that up, I want to show you what's called a parallel passage, and by that I mean when I read it, you're going to see it's almost the exact same passage. Jesus just changes a few words, but he says the same thing, and the few words he changes make clear he's talking about give stuff away. Let me read it to you. This is in another uh, person who wrote down what Jesus said, a guy named Luke. He says, Jesus said, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. So when Jesus says, store up treasure in heaven, that equals take some of your stuff transfer it from your benefit to the benefit of somebody else. Now, that makes sense because what God cares about is loving God and loving others. So you take some of your stuff and you transfer it from your kingdom to benefit somebody else's kingdom. You take and you help somebody else, and by that, you begin to store up treasures in heaven. And then he goes on to give us the reason why he wants us to do that. And we would expect him to say, well, the reason why is because there's people in need and you need to love these people and so you have so much more than other people. And when you do that, God will see it and God will one what day reward you in heaven. And those are all really good reasons, but that is not the reason Jesus says that we should transfer from our kingdom to somebody else's. Instead, he says, well, I want you to do it for a very simple reason that has the power to totally redirect this thing in your heart that you can't see. He says... For, and that means because of what I've just been teaching, here he says, here comes the principle, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Look, he says, I want you to relocate your treasure from your world and your benefit to the benefit of someone else. Get it out of here and get it into there. And in doing that, you will begin to transfer your treasure to heaven. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. He's saying, if you want to know where your heart is, you can't look at how you feel when you see somebody in need. You can't look at it that way. You want to know what's really going on in your heart, all you have to do is follow the money, the treasure trail. If you want to know where your heart is right now, all you got to do is look at your debit charges, your credit charges, look at what you are doing with your money, and it will lead right to where your treasure is. You don't term, determine about what's true about your heart by what you feel in your heart. I feel so compassionate when I see somebody in need. I don't do anything. I, I feel it. My heart goes out to them. Can't judge it by that. You have to follow what you do with has been entrusted to you. Where is your treasure going? Is it in your kingdom? Or are you helping it for the benefit of other people? If you want to know where your heart is financially, you just follow the money. Now, that's not something you didn't already know. You might not have said it that way, but you've seen it even in yourself. And the way you see it is you've taken some of the money that you've earned, not any that somebody gave you, but your hard-earned money, and you've gone and you've bought something you really wanted, a, a new car, a new house, a new phone, something new that cost you some money. And when you got that new and better that you had always really wanted, what you noticed was you cared about what really happened to this thing you spent your money on. You got a shiny new car and you felt so good about it and you wanted everybody 
to see it or you just were glad to have it and you found that you didn't want to park it close to anybody else's old shabby pickup because you're afraid they just ding your car up and you cared about what happened to this. Your heart got attached to that. You bought a new sofa and, you know, a friend of yours came over who was a little large and he just about to sit on your sofa and you go, whoa, 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 oh man, I got a better seat for you. And you got out the big wooden chair and you put him close. You sit right there and you watch the game right there, man. You found that your heart was attached to this thing you spent your money on. Why is that? I know. That's all Jesus is trying to say. Where your heart is, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Now, if you checked out a little while back, because after all, this is a preacher talking about money, would you, would you just check back in for just a second? Because here's what Jesus is saying. The reason I, wanna, I want you to sell some of your stuff and I want you to move it from you to the benefit of others is because where your treasure is, your heart will be. But what he's really saying is not only can you know where your treasure is by following the money, but if you want to change what might potentially be lurking that could destroy your relationships and destroy everything in your life that you can't see, if you want to transfer that danger away, the way you can move where your heart is is move your money. It's not only where your, heart, your, your treasure is now, your heart is now, but where you put your treasure... Your heart will be. It's a predictive kind of thing. You want to move your heart in the direction of the things you feel? Then move your treasure and your heart will eventually follow. And that makes sense. I mean, people hear and they think, oh, here again, God just cares about my money. God didn't care about your money. God cares about your heart. I mean, after all, if God cared about your money, God can have your money anytime he wants because everything you have belongs to him. And when, when you die, you can't take any of you with it. It goes back to God. It's all going to go to somebody else. So God's like, I don't care about your money. I have your money at any time I want it. What I care about is your heart. And I want your heart to be right. And this thing that is such a danger to you hides and you can't see it. So the way you make sure it doesn't get in your heart is you make sure your money gets transferred from you and yours to the benefit of somebody else, and your heart will eventually follow your money. If you want to get greed, you want to root it out of your life, you want to make sure it doesn't have all of its destructive properties, then you make the decision. I will not make my life about acquiring for me and mine. Instead, I will make the decision to send some money outside of my kingdom to build the kingdom of other people, to help other people. If you make that very difficult, very anti-cultural, you make that very strategic decision, you and your money for the benefit of other people, over time, your heart will follow your money and you will be a total different person. Your money has the potential to root out every little bit of greed in your life when you generously, strategically, systematically make generosity a part of your life. Now from here, Jesus gives us an illustration of this. Some people think that Jesus shifts gears and goes a whole other direction here. I don't think so. Because the reason I don't think so is because these teachings about money, of rooting this out of your life and systematic strategic kind of giving for the benefit of others has so much power. And the reason I know it has so much power is because of the power I've seen in my life 
and the power I've seen of this in other people's lives. It is not a rare thing. In fact, like I haven't had many people, ever, I have no one ever confessed to me being greedy. The number of people that have thanked me for any particular teaching, this has been the most thanked kind of teaching I've ever got, the most gratitude I've ever received. It's not an unusual thing for somebody to come up and say, hey, you know, a few years ago you taught about this and I decided to try it. And somebody will say, hey, you remember that message where you talked about? And I don't normally remember it. And they'll say, you challenged us to begin to take a percentage and give it away. And inevitably, what they talk to me about when they get to the end of it is they never talk about what happened financially for them. What they talk about is what happened in their heart. They talk about, my life began to change. And I began to change. And I began to trust God more. And I began to see people different. And my life became a whole different thing. I became more joyous. And I became more loving. And I became more focused. My life became a whole different thing because of this decision I made about my money. And that's what Jesus is giving with this illustration of the power of this principle of where your treasure is your heart will be. He's talking about the power of this to totally change your life. Here's the illustration he gives. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. Okay, that's not what we were talking about. He says, hang on. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Okay, wasn't that helpful? Did, you didn't get that? Well, I'll tell you why I don't think most of us get it. It's because this is another one of those cultural barriers we have to jump over. I think Jesus' audience would have totally got what he's doing. For those of you who like puns and wordplay, that's what Jesus is doing here. He's, he's doing a little wordplay. And he uses a word that they would have heard automatically and they would have gotten what he was going on here. But because we don't hear it in the original language, we hear it through the translation, it doesn't make quite as much sense to us, and we don't get where he's actually going. He says, in the same way that your eyes lead your body, and what he means by that is you don't turn your head one way and walk that way. Your eyes lead your body. Where your eyes are, your body is eventually going to follow. He says, in the same way that your eyes lead your body, your treasure eventually leads your heart. And then he says, he says, so if your eyes are good, but the word that we translate as good, it does mean good, but it also could mean generous. And I think they would have heard generous because of the context. He says, if your eyes are generous, then your whole life becomes generous. Everything in you becomes generous. That's what I think they would have heard him say. And he says, but if your eyes are bad, and the words that we translate bad can also mean envious. So if your eyes are good, your whole life becomes, if your eyes are generous, your whole body, your whole life becomes generous. But if your eyes are envious, I want me, my, what for me? How can I get for me? How am I going to acquire that for me? If that becomes your whole life, then your, whole, your eyes lead your whole life to become darkness. And when your heart becomes dark, how great is the darkness? In other words, it could be translated, if you have generous eyes, your life is generous. But if you have envious eyes, how great is the darkness within you? In other words, this subtle heart thing that 
happens when you put treasure in one place and it hides and we can't see the greed, but Jesus asked us to do this thing. When you put it in place, it can totally change every aspect of your life. And you already know this. Because many of you have marriages where one of the primary things you argue over is money. And you and your relationships, they're strained over money. And you and your mom, or you and your dad, or you're your spouse, your husband, your wife, they get this feeling that what matters to you is money, not them. What gets between you and them often is this thing of money and stuff. It's because you have envious eyes. You have eyes that are about more and better. And How can we go up and to the right? And how can all of that happen? And everything in your life gets impacted. And everybody begins to feel it at some level, but you can't see it because it hides so well. Let me ask you this another way. Have you, have you ever known a really generous person, like a person who just loves to give, that wasn't also a really joyous kind of person to be around? Like, have you ever met a person who you have to be really careful, you don't let, say something you want around them because the next time you see them, they go, oh, I got you one. The kind of person who just loves giving stuff away that didn't just also have this joyous, kind of happy kind of spirit around them. Or have you ever met a really joyous person that if you're around them a while, they are also one of the most giving, loving people you've ever met on the other side? Have you ever met somebody that's always about me and mine and how to take care of mine and, oh, be careful with that. Oh, don't scratch that. You ever met one of those person, people that you, you found yourself saying, hmm, uh, okay, they're just hard to be around And it's not only about the things, it's hard in every area. That's because when your eyes are generous, your whole life becomes full of life. When you have envious eyes about me and mine and more and better and that kind of thing, it begins to affect everything, including your heart. Because generosity has the power to break greed in the human heart. And your heart is where your life is. It changes everything. Now, let me talk to you real quickly about some of the frustrations with it and get to the next steps. Here's, here's where I think we wind up at. Some of you are sitting there thinking, Ed, I, hey, I'm with you. And, but if you're saying I can never get a new car and I can never have a new set of clothes and I can never have, a, a, if I can't have any more nice, is that what you're saying, that I can't have nice things, anything? So I'm convinced so many people get to this point and they hear this teaching and they're thinking, okay, I can't. I can't make sure my kids have nice things. I can't make sure anything's nice. And if you're saying that, I'm not going to sell everything I have and go live on the street. And that's what it is. You just go, oh, whatever. I don't know how to apply this. And I think because people don't know how to apply this, it sounds so extreme, they just wind up walking away. In fact, some of you for the last few minutes have been thinking, man, I hope my wife is not, I hope my spouse is not taking this too seriously. I don't want to have to have that conversation. Let me just say, That if this is done in the right way, nobody has anything to be afraid of. It's just that it feels like it's attacking something really in our culture. So to help me, to let me help you uh, get past that one barrier, let me tell you what I've learned and what I have learned from other generous people about this, of how this gets done in a practical way. And I know this sounds to some of you like it's extremely repetitive. This is how you do it. Percentage prioritized giving. That's how you do it. Percentage, prioritize giving. Percentage, prioritize giving will root greed out of your life. Percentage, prioritize giving. What I mean by that is 
You choose a percentage, whatever the percentage is you want, before you have any of the money, you choose a percentage, you choose it before you look at everything else going on in your life, you choose a percentage that you are going to give away to help for the benefit of somebody else outside you and your kingdom, you choose that percentage, and then you make it a priority. You pay that first. You take that percentage that you give, you give it away first, and then your lifestyle your kingdom begins to adjust to giving it away. And your heart, it will follow your treasure and you will become a more generous person. You pick a percentage, you make it a priority, you do it first above everything else. And over time, you will begin to root any possibility agreed out of your life. Now, for those of you who are like me, you've been doing this for a long time, let me add one more word to that. You also need to become progressive in it. And here's what I mean. That means that as I get adjusted and I see that God can be trusted and what he said is true and my life begins to get full of life and my eyes become generous, that over time I don't just settle into, oh, I have this percentage and that surely works. You continue to make that percentage grow so that your trust continues to be in God and you begin to become even more generous in your life. Over time, priority, percentage, Progressive giving will root all the greed out of your life and it will fill your life with light. Now, if you're in a place where you already prioritize percentage giving and me adding the word progressive sometimes offends you or hurts you, what is that? It might be greed. It just might be greed. And you might want to look at that. And you might just need to admit it. This is not about money. This is about your heart. And I want you to see how God could work in your life and change all of your life and bring light into all your life. You could live in the kingdom of God instead of making everything about your kingdom. And as you transfer some of it to help other people, your kingdom heart for others will grow and your whole life will become full of light. That's what I want to plead with you to do if you're a follower of Christ. Now, I may not have to say this last part, but I say it every time I talk about this. If you're sitting here and you think, oh, he just wants us to give money to the church, I want to say first, I never said give money to the church. That's what you heard. I never said those words. Listen to it all want. I never said those words. But what that means is you just don't trust me, and there's probably plenty of reasons for you not to trust me. So here's what I want to say to you. Pick a percentage, make it a priority, and don't ever give it to community Christian because you don't trust me. I'm completely okay with that. Now, why aren't you going to do it? I double dog dare you. Pick a percentage, make it a priority, and give it away. And see if your life doesn't begin to change. No, you can't take it and pay your child's Christian school tuition. That's about you and your kingdom. Pick a percentage, give it away for the benefit of other people. And if you say, I don't think I can do that, what is that? I think I know, and I think you do too. And that's what you want to work on. It's not a financial issue. It's a heart issue. I have never, ever met a person who took God at his word on this and put it into place who wasn't thankful that they did. Because it changes our lives. Because it's not about money. It's about the heart. This will change your heart. Let's bow together and I'll pray for you.
Now, Father in heaven, I pray that you will do what I can't do, that between my words and the hearts of the people that hear, you will do a miracle. And you'll begin to change us, and you'll give us the power inside out to change our lives. And we'll become the people you want us to be. Root every little piece of greed out of our hearts. Make us a generous, loving people who follow a generous, loving God. In your son's name I pray, amen. Thank you all so much for coming. We'll see you next week.